Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stock Talk with Charlie and John. Hope you guys enjoyed last episode. Again, we're still posting on Instagram. Great way to let you guys know when we're posting a new episode. But we cannot go through this episode without talking about Hank Aaron. He passed away today, Friday. And home run king. He's a legend. There's obviously lots to be said about him. But it's plain and simple. He's one of the best of all time. Zidane, uh, any any thoughts about Hank Aaron? Obviously, sad news, but anything you really want to add? I mean, it's a legend lost. Like, such a great player, such an ambassador for the game, great person. Obviously, an amazing baseball player, just some of his stats. He had 21 straight all-star appearances. He was the RBI career leader. And he was also the total basis career leader with more than 800 in second place, Stan Musial. He also had 12 top 10 MVP finishes. And, you know, how he started was interesting because he was born in Mobile, Alabama, and his family was quite poor. So he practiced by hitting bottle caps with sticks. And then he eventually started making his own baseball gear out of stuff he could find in the street. So he went from that to being one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And sad to see him go. Yeah, that's that's good. I actually I didn't realize about the bottle cap and um, still, you know, practicing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, it's really going along with this theme. Legends have been lost t- late 2020, early 2021. Seems seems to be the sad theme over the past couple of months, but. We had to get that in for you guys. On a more positive note, we have I have not told Zidane this, but we have hit 300 plays on the podcast. So hey, thank you guys. there we go. Yeah. Awesome, exciting news. And hopefully we'll be able to bump it up after this episode comes out. So, yeah, good news. We have lots to talk about, lots of moves. Zidane, how's the podcast going to roll out today? All right. So we have to talk about the big, big free agent moves. A lot of them, even one trade in here. And then after that, we're going to continue talking about that, but focus especially more on how it affects the White Sox in our entire offseason and how our team will be built going into the season. Okay, Charlie, you want to start us off? All right. First trade, not for age move, we are going to look at is Joe Musgrove. I'll explain the trade real quick. Padres get Joe Musgrove. It is a, three per, a three-team trade. The Mets get Joey Lucchesi left-handed pitcher, and the Pirates get a bunch of prospects. One of them is not a prospect. The, the one non-prospect is David Bednar, I believe. They got Noy Rodriguez, Hudson Heed, left-handed pitcher Omar Cruz, the right-handed pitcher David Bednar. Like I said, right-handed pitcher Drake Fellows. So those are the prospects. None of them are top ten, top ten prospects, but in their team, I think it was – the Mets, Mets gave most of those prospects, all those prospects, I believe. And, you know, we'll see how they, you know, get out to be. But this Joe Musgrove trade, I think, is very, very good for the Padres. They're stacking up on pitching. A little more about Joe Musgrove, some stats for you guys. Double digits and strikeouts, his last two starts of the year. Pretty good, ending on a po- positive note. His Sinking action on his fastball is actually very good. Mm-hmm. In some pitchers, you do see that, and it offers them a good advantage towards hitters. His curveball, very, very solid. It breaks a lot. His other breaking balls, very, very good. 
Numbers, not great in 2020, but listen, he's a solid four to five starter on most teams. And listen, Padres, they have a lot of prospects coming up pitching-wise. And Joe Musgrove is only going to help those prospects advance, and maybe they'll take a spot too. We all know this crazy Padres order with – actually, this leads me good. This leads in well to the next step. Padres, they have four starting pitchers who average 11 strikeouts or more. Blake Snell, Denilson Lamette, Yu Darvish, and newly bought Joe Musgrove. And an interesting thing about Joe Musgrove, he's using these new metrics and apps like Lucas Giolito that are really helping pitchers, you know, with spin rates and everything. And it's telling them what really they're doing wrong or what they're doing right. So I think that's pretty cool. The new wave of technology is affecting, especially the pitchers in the MLB. Zidon, what do you have to say about Joe Musgrove in this solid Padres trade? He is a just, as you said, a solid player. And especially in a rotation that's already so stacked, I'd be very happy with him at the four or five spot. So, you know, his fastball won't – doesn't go 96, 97, I think at most 94. But it has got great spin rate. And as you said, you can always see him on Instagram training. He trains a lot and just an interesting way. He's a great player, very likable. And I would suggest that people look at his Instagram because you'll see, like, how baseball players train. And it's really interesting. But – just a great player and great moves by the Padres. I want to add before we move on, they still got Mike Clevenger. This 2022 lineup is going to be absolutely scary. And I think since we're the since the Padres talk, this Joe Musgrove talk isn't really in our White Sox talk, I think we can talk about more of this Dodgers-Padres rivalry that is going to commence in this next season, but I think that 2022 order, if you got Lamette as your, I mean, Lamette would be like the four or five, you know, depending on what happens. Clevenger coming in, if Clevenger returns to form, that's scary. I think that is ridiculous. The best, by far the best pitching order in baseball already, I think. And with Clevenger in 2022, it's going to be wild. But we will move on to George Springer, the Blue Jays or the Mets. He picked to go to Canada, specifically Toronto. Zidane, I'm going to let you start off. This is a blockbuster trade, arguably the biggest, not trade, our biggest free agent move in Blue Jays history. What do you got? Arguably, definitely. I could see it. I believe it. It is George Springer, one of the top or some people believe to be the best hitter on the free agent market. He's signing a six-year, $150 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. He's a great player. He obviously, as most of the Astros last year, took a step back year but still had an 850 OPS, more than 10 home runs in a 60-game season. Perfectly fine numbers, and I think we'll just keep improving in Toronto. Big move by the Blue Jays. It now solidifies that lineup as could possibly, if all those young players pan out, be one of the best lineups in the MLB. So big move by them showing that they want to compete because they saw the Yankees get a move we'll talk about later, but they're also trying to compete. Got a big player. What do you think about this George Springer signing? 
Listen, I think Blue Jays fans should be excited. They're just like us. They got a bunch of young talent. George Springer's a top three center fielder in the MLB. I don't think many people would argue that. Zidane, would you argue that? Uh, no, I think he's the third best. All right. I would agree. Top 25 player in free agency. Or, I mean, top 25 player in the MLB. And one thing I want to add, you said six years and he's getting 25 mil a year. The Canadian tax is pretty high, so that's why some people see it as a slight overpay, but in reality, it's really not. And like like you said, it puts them in contention, I believe, for the top two spots in the East Division. I think the Yankees will edge it out, but I think they will get that second spot because I think most of these young guys will pan out, like you said. Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, Vigio, Teoscar Hernandez. And one thing that's in common with all of them, they're not getting paid lots of money. So they have money to spend over these next couple of years. And I think that's what's good about this franchise and that can help them. George Springer, some numbers. Last 173 games with 55 home runs, 26 doubles, 5 triples, 124, 128 RBIs, and his average 284. I think Springer is an absolutely – he's an absolute stud. He was one of my favorites on that Astros team, and he doesn't – he's proof that he doesn't need trash cans to succeed. And I think that's why this guy is going to be a monster bat for the Blue Jays next year, and it will be absolutely ridiculous to see what these young guys can do when they're coming up against guys like Aaron Judge, all these guys, young guys, veterans on the Yankees, Ray's still got some good pitching. That's going to be fun to watch. Is it on any final thoughts before we move on? Checking the notes to Michael Brantley. Uh, if I'm correct, that will be in our next section. Yeah, yeah, it will be in our next yeah. session. Just gotta, just gotta mention it. Mhm. Okay. So you know, it's George Springer. Like, it's nothing I can say. I mean, I definitely could see it as a slight overpay because 150 mil is a lot and. For six years, he's already 30, I think, going on 31. So, What's with these six-year deals? I don't know. MLB teams are they're giving the money to their players. And big move by the Blue Jays. There's also another big move that we have to talk about. But, Charlie, tell us. Tell us about George Springer's former teammate, who we thought was going to be his teammate in Toronto, but turns out he went somewhere else. What happened with Michael Brantley? All these Twitter guys fake this out. Michael Brantley going to the Blue Jays. A couple hours later, no, there's no agreement, and he re-signs with the Astros. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to give Zanon any time to t- talk about that because we will both talk about that in our next section because that definitely means a lot for the White Sox because he was one of our top targets. But Kirby Yates is it on. What do you think about that? That is a very, very solid move. It is a very big and interesting move. Kirby Yates is signing, I believe, a two-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. They just they signed George Springer, and now they get a former NL reliever of the year, one of the best relievers in baseball, went healthy in Kirby Yates. He is obviously 33, so ages, I, he may be 32 right now. Age is kind of a factor, but with only a two-year deal, you're still getting him in, I believe, his prime. He struggled mightily last year at a 4.4 ERA before going down with a injury. 
but you got to look back to 2019 and 2018, and he was an absolute stud, a below two ERA in 2019. I believe he averaged like 12 Ks per nine, which is insane. I, he may have even led the league in saves. He was just outstanding for the Padres, and I think this is a big loss for them, but a great, great gain for a Toronto bullpen that I don't think is necessarily their strong suit. May even be, yeah, may even be the worst part of their team. Like I'm thinking now, who's in that in that bullpen, and I can only think of Kirby Yates. That's it. Okay, Troy. We've been talking about the Blue Jays a lot, but what did their rivals in the AL East Yankees? Who did they go out and get? They got Corey Kluber. We know he did some workouts for some teams. The Yankees pulled the trigger. It's as simple as that. But I'm not too confident in this move, Zidane. I think a couple years ago, obviously, would have been very good. But he got he hasn't pitched. So I, there's really not much to say about it. But it's high risk, high reward. Because if this guy pans out, wow. Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, they have a bunch of other arms. What, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm surprised you say that because you did hear – we did talk about that bullpen session, and it sounded like teams were really, really surprised and really intrigued in Corey Kluber after that session. He's, he's never been a speed guy. Like, he's never going to blow you away with his fastball. But it's his control and that movement and that break on his his slurve. It's deadly. He has that cutter, a sinker, and a fastball. A great player when in his prime, which I do think he's out of. But on a one-year deal, it's a lot like, as we've said before, prove-it contracts, you know. Josh Donaldson and Marcelo Zuna for the Braves are great examples, especially Josh Donaldson. He was aging, and he had struggled the previous years with injuries and just not being as good before. They got him on a cheap deal, and he produced for them, and then he signed a big deal with the Twins. And then Marcelo Zuna, I believe he also signed a one-year deal, absolutely played amazing, was the best DH in the NL. Now it looks like he'll get a pretty big contract. I don't think with the Braves, but we shall see. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Corey Kluber, a great player, and I do think he, I I like him, but you know, he always was great against the White Sox. So I have mixed emotions about still having to face him in the AL. It'll be interesting. You know, I can't wait to watch him during that Field of Dreams series. Well, I'm so Sox excited for that. You just. You just reminded me of that. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be one of, my, one of my favorite moments of all time in the MLB. Can't wait to see that series, but a good move by the Yankees. Troy, what's the yeah? Honestly, a little more on Kluber. I did read that teams, you know, he rated, they rated him in this workout. But I think that this workout does not mean – that he will have success. Yes, he could look good, but a stumble here, a stumble there, and I think he could go down, and he possibly could go down for a, for a while. I'm talking about injuries. But I think if everything goes to plan, like I said, I think it will be a very, very solid move. And hopefully we get a Lucas Giolito-Corey Kluber matchup. 
in that Field of Dreams game. Another move, but I think this is going to be part of our second half, sticking with the pitcher topic, Jose Quintana, guy I mentioned last episode, to the Angels on a one-year $8 million deal. Zidane, what are your thoughts on this maybe missed opportunity? I'll have to talk about that when we get our next section, but um, I'll just talk about it from the Angels' perspective for right now. Good pickup by them, you know. Their lineup, as long as you have Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, and Anthony Rendell, the best third baseman, in my opinion, in baseball. And now they've got even more That's young pieces. Would... Really? That is it. I, I, I got Anthony Rendell. He's just – he's balled out last year. 2019, he was a stud. I think he's got to be up there. And especially all – all advanced stats people, if you look at them, they love Anthony Rendell because he just produces. He's a great player, so you got your three and four players right there. And they got Jose Iglesias. They got Jared Walsh. So their lineup's never been the problem. Their bullpen, that's an issue, you know. Their bullpen, they got Rafael Iglesias this offseason, I believe. But other than that, some problems there, but their starting rotation has always been their biggest problem. And last year you saw Andrew Heaney. He played pretty well, and then Dylan Bundy was a stud. And now I think this is just solidifying a pretty nice top three for that Angels team. They could even make a playoff push in a struggling AL West. Okay, Charles, All right. what do you have? I think that's a good segue into the second half where we're going to be talking about some of these moves and some extra you know players that will be good for the White Sox these moves what it means for the White Sox we mentioned Michael Brantley I'm going to start it off and I'm, I'm disappointed I'm really disappointed I've talked about this so many times on the podcast this guy fills so many positions DH I mean not so many I mean it's only two but it's two holes in our squad I think Adam Eaton, I don't know if we should rely on him. And I think a Michael Brantley for, you know, that platoon would be very good. He could also go into that left field spot if Eloy's, you know, falling into netting in the in the outfield. And he could fill that DH spot from time to time. And then maybe we would, you know, spend a small bit of money on just a DH, you know, or not. Andrew Vaughn comes up. We'll talk about that a little later. But I think this is a missed opportunity. I was mad. I'm still mad. Power surge, we've said it before. Offer power, that's what a DH does, and that's what a good out hitting outfielder does. Zan, what, what are your thoughts on this huge, huge missed opportunity? It's sad for White Sox fans. I don't think it's the end of the world, especially there's still so many free agents yet to be signed. And we still, I there's a thing I wanted to bring up with the addition of Lance Lynn. Adam Eden and Liam Hendrick, we've only added 28 mil in our cap space this year. That's pretty good for it. The best reliever in baseball, a great pitcher, and, you know, an okay right fielder. But, yeah, Michael Brantley, you know, we've always said we're big fans of his, and we think he's a great player. I think he would have fit on his team perfectly. I think it's by far a missed opportunity. He would have been perfect for that DH spot, as you said, sliding that left fielder spot. I just think maybe it was impossible to take him out of Houston. Maybe he just wanted to be there. I don't know. 
Because the you look at the contract, I think he got in like two years, thirty two. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the White Sox you could have definitely done that. But um, yeah, it's a missed opportunity for us. All right, Jose Quintana, I would I still think that's a little bit of a missed opportunity. You prefer that DH spot over the starting spot? I want to hear your opinions first. Okay, so I'll say this. Yes, it was a missed opportunity, but compared to losing out on Michael Brantley, I do not care about losing Jose Quintana. I mean, I think he's just not that good at baseball. Like, last year, he struggled. 2019, I don't think he was that good either, right? I mean, maybe before he was pretty good, but I just don't want him because you got to think, what would the contract be? Eight mil? I was he? Did he get eight mil from the Angels? Yeah, it was one year, eight million. Yeah. So I mean, well, if we was that price, I tag, think that's a little steep. I'd be fine. Well, we did pay Adam Eden eight mil, so I don't know what. I think, think that was a little steep as well. <laughs> oh, way too steep. I think. Well. You know, I was never a big fan of the Adam Eden signing, and I don't think I would have been a big fan of a Katana signing. So, I do think we could fill up another starting pitcher, but losing Katana, it's a loss, but we can move on from it. Yeah. Okay, Troy, I know you were definitely saying we should get him, so what do you think about it? Yeah, I think looking back on it, and say we have like 11 mil, left to spend that'll equal our 2019's payroll i know it's a little different you know corona and everything it affect it it's said to be affecting everything but eight million a little steep i believe but i think Quintana would do the job for a five spot or you know filling in here and there not every you know fifth day but there's other options and now i want to go into pitching other options cole hamels that's another free agent. Solid option. Jake Ortorizzi, which I think – I don't know if we would be able to get him and then fill in other holes in our holes in our lineup. We've said this before, catcher, um, DH, and, and starting pitcher. But Jake Ortorizzi, he's from Illinois, 6.59 ERA in 2020 and 13.2 innings pitch. So he did not play lots of baseball. And I think that that could affect him. But I I rate him highly as a fifth a fifth starter. Now, this is an interesting take, Zidane. What do you think about Adam Wainwright? Adam Wainwright. Okay. I put it put, put you on Adam the spot. Adam Wainwright. But now, he pitched pretty well last year. You know, for the Cardinals, he pitched pretty well. But Charlie, how old is he? I mean, he's 39, 38. Yeah, he's got to be in his late 30s. And let me tell you, this isn't Nelson Cruz or Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer. This is Adam Wainwright. No, no, no. I mean, if we're paying him one mil, then I'm fine. But anything above five mil and I'm done, that's overpaid. Just, he's too old. He's too old. Okay. I'm not willing to bet on him still having it. Just just putting it out there, I don't think it's 
That's fine. I don't think it's something that I would, you know, love to see. There's definitely better options. I mentioned Jake Odorizzi. Now, Adam Wainwright. Actually, I don't want I don't want to flop around here. We've been on we've on, we've been on the pitching topic. We'll go to the DH topic, then we'll go to the catcher topic. Anything you want to add on this pitcher topic before you do? What do you think of a bullpen day? I think we have the best bullpen. Top. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna say it. We have the best bullpen in the MLB. And what do you think about a bullpen day at that fifth spot? Huh. We've done it before, but now we've got Liam. Hend- I mean, Liam Hendricks is a closer, but we've got Bummer, Hoyer. We got a lot- we got lots of guys. Bummer's going to be even better this year. What do you think? It's interesting. The Rays do it all the time. Yeah. The Rays. But the Rays are the Rays. I get that. The Rays, like, as we said, there's a genetic cloning facility in Tampa where they just make pitchers. They're like, oh, Charlie Morning, you're washed in 35. No, now you're an all-star. So, the Rays are the Rays. But you say we have the best bullpen in the MLB, but, I mean, you got to look. Do we? I think we do. I mean, let's go through the players. Liam Hendricks, best reliever. We got that. Aaron Bummer, stud. Stud. No denying that. So those two guys, solidified. We know they're going to be good. Garrett Crochet, I think his fastball is just too dominant. You can't do anything, right? Would you agree? Yeah, Crochet's awesome. Okay, but then you got to look. Who else do we have? Jimmy Cordero? Like... There's other guys. I like the... Jace Fry? Cody Hoyer? Yeah, but will he repeat what he did? You never know. And then, what, Matt Foster? Yeah. You know, he's pretty good. But I just – I don't know if we say we have the best bullpen. I think it's a pretty I good I think it's one. definitely up there. I'll be willing to change my position. I think – yeah, I think it's pretty good. But I think – who was a good bullpen? I think I'd probably take the Rays just because, like – it's insane. They do it every year. And, like, the MLB has just accepted it. They're like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, who did they have this year? Like, Aaron Lupe, I believe. That's how you say his name. Never heard of him before. Pretty good. So, that's just what the Rays do. But um, I think I think we got a little sidetracked here. Like, from my team. Yeah, yeah. But, yes or no, yeah. that fifth day bullpen, bullpen day, I think our arms are above average to do that. I think that would be a good idea. I would maybe not every fifth day, but on these seven inning double headers, you're gonna need more arms. You we saw that in the A series. And we added more arms. We got Liam Hendricks. He should be able to close out every game for us. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say no to the bullpen day. You say no? Yeah, because I feel like a lot of our guys are, like, one and done. And I mean, like, let's take Garrett Crochet. He can't throw past two innings. We both agree, Aaron right? Bummer, Matt Foster, Cody Hoyer. I'll, I'll keep listing the names. 
Yeah, but like Aaron Bummer, I he will he will play good almost every every day. So let's say he plays three innings. So it gets you the third. Matt Foster, two. I'd say let you get to the fifth. But then who do I put in there? You're too far for Lim Hendricks. And you can put in Gross Schaefer one, but then you gotta go to someone else, so I'd say I still stick with the fifth starter, and then yeah. if you need, just pull him in two innings and then put okay. him in bullpen. I think I was just putting the idea out there. I think it's a solid mm-hmm. idea, but of course I would rather get a Jake or Derizzi, you know, Cole Hamels, than mm-hmm. force force some force lots of pitches on our uh, on our bullpen guys. But I'm not opposed to that bullpen day. Rays do it a lot. We did it a couple times last season, but I'm not sure if we can rely on it every fifth day. I don't think that's I don't think that's logical. But like I said, yeah. bullpen day here and there. I would I would like to see that happen. But moving on from the pitching, you know, free agent market to the DH free agent market. Nelson Cruz is very unrealistic, Zidane. But I want to hear your thoughts. We talked about it last week, but any things you know has your opinions advanced? Decline on him, or what do you think? He's a Sox killer, by the way. Well, now I have a question. Why do you say he's very unrealistic? I don't know if this would happen. I mean, I just think it's unrealistic. I I don't know why. I don't know how much he would cost. We'll get him on a one-year deal. But I, I, don't, I don't know about saying it unrealistic. I don't see this happening. It's interesting saying that because I think I see it happening. Yes. Because if the Twins really wanted Nelson Cruz, which I think they should, but they would have already re-signed him, I think. And not many teams are lining up to get him, you know, because you don't know Universal DH yet. And even with a player like Marcelo Zuna, you can play him in left field and be like, eh, but Nelson Cruz... He better not be fielding anything. I've heard that he's waiting so, for the DH rule to be confirmed. I guess true, but let's see how long he waits. I just think he's a perfect fit. Oh, I mean, trust me, I think he's perfect way. for everything. I just don't know if I see mm-hmm. it happening. But Yeah, I think it's just between us and the Twins right now. Okay. No, I haven't heard any news about. No, him, yeah, so. it's, it's just like you Ozuna. He's not really mm-hmm. in the news a lot. Yeah, so we yeah. shall. One point eight WAR. I um, I mentioned, and which is actually very solid because he doesn't play in the field, and it was a sixty-game season last year. Kills the mm-hmm. Sox every time. What do you think about Jack Peterson? Jack is an interesting one. He's in very interesting. You know what? I want to hear your opinion first because I think I know mine, but I have no okay. idea what you think. What do you think? He's about statistically wise with this whole advanced stat era. He is one of the worst hitters against lefties in MLB history. I think saying that it's kind people kind of go overboard on that, but listen, we. He would he would fit the DH role well. Would you disagree? No, he is a good okay. DH. And 
he's known to go on hot runs of form, especially in the playoffs, and that's what we're striving for. And especially with his power, he goes on power surges throughout the season. He could be inconsistent, but listen, I need to mention this because we talk about Ozuna and we talk about Nelson Cruz. The White Sox, the board, they've said that we want to win the World Series. So why not go over our, you know, uh, payroll from last year? Say we have $11 million to spend. I, let's, I want to see us spend more. I want to see us have ambition because we have the team. I don't want to let it go to waste. This manager might not be here for too long. Obviously, saying that before the first game of the season. Even, I don't even know. I don't want to say that even halfway into the season. We don't know how he's going to be. But I'm, I'm obviously not saying that our young guys – I mean, I'm not saying that our players are not young because they are young and they have lots of years left in them. But I'm just saying guys like Nelson Cruz, they don't. Guys like we've mentioned before, Ozuna obviously has years in him. I go, that's definitely not realistic. That's not going to happen. But why not go over our budget? Or not budget, I say. Payroll from last year. I want to see the ambition, and I want to see money spent. And I want to see at least two of these three holes filled. Going back on Jock Peterson, I would take Jock Peterson. Again, there's better options. But I would be excited if Jock Peterson was our DH. What about you? I think he fits. You know, he's when he's hot, he is a Nelson Cruz mm-hmm. type player. But he's also in a lefty, so that would definitely help balance the lineup. With you got two switch hitters, two lefties, and then the rest are righties. I believe mm-hmm. I'm correct. Yeah. Yohan and Yohan ground all switch so, hitters. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you'd have Eden and then mm-hmm. Jock as the lefties. That's a pretty balanced lineup. But Jock, I think is. You know, I'd be fine with it, you know, because I can't see us getting a big, like, absolute stud of a player like Marcelo Zuna. I mean, I can dream. Yes. Like, it's the same thing with Bauer. Like, hey, he hasn't signed <laughs> yet, so he could still go. Like, the, every time, like, every week a new team's in the running. Like, it used to be Mets, Blue Jays, Angels, and then it's like, oh, Dodgers Yankees. seem to have interest. It's like, what? Yankees, and it's like, oh, um, Giants. Like, no one knows what Bauer, but um, Marcelo Zuna. I I think if we were gonna land any like giant free agent, it would be him. But it would take a lot, a lot to get him. You're fine with that, John. But Jack, you know, before this, I wasn't thinking I was gonna say I was fine, but um. He's a lefty. I mean, if they put in a lefty just for him, he's garbage. But I'm fine with it, you know? I can deal with Jock Peterson being our DA. I would take Jock Peterson. Anything to take mm-hmm. any players away from the Dodgers because they are going to be ridiculous again. And they have a good shot of going back-to-back. It is very, very hard, but I think they can. Anything you want to add DH wise? Do you got do you have any other ideas before we move on to catcher? Um No, I don't think All I right. do. Catcher, Sebi Zavala, Zach Collins, and Yerman Mercedes. Are any of them fit to be our second catcher for next year? 
I believe Zach Collins is, yes. I, I have to disagree. I, I really have to disagree. I think Zach Collins, his hitting is not there, and his fielding is not there either. Obviously, I'm comparing. I'm not trying. I'm trying not to compare him to James McCann, but Zach Collins is not ready. And there's guys like Tyler Flowers, Yadier Molina. I want to mention that there's vet like Kurt Suzuki, right? He he is a catcher. I'm not going crazy right now, right? Okay. Yes, he is a catcher. He was solid for the Nationals. Would you agree? And they won the yes. World Series. That's my point. You need a veteran on that team. We do have a couple, but I think if we added a guy like Tyler Flowers, Yadier Molina would be maybe a little bit pricey. Got to mention Tony La Russa, Adam Lehmann, and Yadier Molina. I think that would be very cool. But I think Yadier would be solid, and Tyler Flowers would be solid. I think they would all be better than Zach Collins. What do you think? You say Yadier Molina, and I mean, I'd be fine with that as long as we don't pay him too highly. But Zach Collins, you know, he hasn't had a lot of major league experience. I think he's had enough to, to, that. to realize, though. He's give, he's been giving he's been given chances. Not a Has lot he? last year. Did he play at all 2020? 2019, not as much, though. Because, like... You look at James McCann's numbers from this year, for example, last year, with a two-catcher. Zach Collins has never gotten those types of numbers. And players improve. That's development. We and don't I need – we don't have time we for haven't development, seen... though. We want to win the World Series. I don't think we have time for that. That's why I say veteran. But then you say Tyler Flowers, and I ask you, hitting-wise at least, how much better is Tyler Flowers than Zach Collins? I think he's better than Zach Collins. Is he though? I think he, I, is he, he though? Is. That's the real question. I think Tyler Flowers is better than Zach Collins. Go on with what you're trying to, with your point. Because if we don't get Jack Peterson, or I think the most likely scenario is we get Nelson Cruz, for example. So let's just, for my hypothesis, you know, I forgot English. Okay. Imagine we have Nelson Cruz as our DH. Zach Collins, you know, once a week, you know, out of five games, let's say, plays one. I'm fine with that because then he bounces the lineup. He does have power. We both know that. And I think you got to give him a chance this year. And if he doesn't pan out, then I think, I don't know, you use him as a trade piece or something else, but then he's not ready to be a major league catcher. But I do think he needs just a little more this year. And then if he doesn't perform, then, you know, then I would agree with you that he's not it. But I still think you ride with Tyler, with Zach Collins, because I believe that you have to fill at least starting pitcher or DH before you even consider a catch. Okay. I would. I don't know. I would not agree. But like I said last episode, none of these takes are absolutely ridiculous because you can fill whatever holes you want. I just think two out of the three. We've, we forgot talking about DH going back for a second. We forgot to mention Andrew Vaughn, which he is the number one first base prospect 
in baseball, in in the in the still in the minors. What what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, this is all of these, you know, Nelson Cruz takes, Jock Peterson takes about about DH DH wise are all saying that they think that Andrew Vaughn is not ready. But if Andrew Vaughn is ready and he's the top first base prospect in the minors. He's still got to play some triple-A ball, I might mention. But what do you think about Vaughn? Um, if Andrew Vaughn is ready, Bring up. then I would be perfectly fine with that. I think he's a day-one starter. Like, he was already, from like being drafted, one of the best pure-hitting prospects already. And I think he's just gotten better. And I do, I do think... Hopefully they have minor league teams this year. That it, I do think he needs some yeah. more time in the minors. He hasn't played above single A ball. That's not good. You can't bring up a guy before that. You, I mean, you got to think Luis Robert. You know why we brought him up? Because he dominated in AAA. And then he brought him up. And he dominated for the first half month of the season. And then he disappeared and then came back in the playoffs. Yeah. I think we could, I think we could both agree that a DH is needed. Because Vaughn is not going to be on the opening day roster, and he needs to, he needs to play in Charlotte, and I think mm-hmm. that's where we got to end it with Vaughn because I don't think anything else needs to be said. He needs to he needs to have more playing time, and if he's if he's dominating in Charlotte, bring him up right away. I don't care. I want to see him. But do you want do you want to add anything? You know, before we close out. Um. Uh... No, I think we talked about everything I had. Troy, you just want to... Yeah, it? again, guys, thank you for 300 plays. Before we end it off, I was, I've been thinking about this. I am so excited for the season, honestly. I'm so excited, obviously, because we're going to be good. But these episodes are going to be so much more different, you know, with the first half being series reviews and series previews. I've missed doing that. And I think that's going to be really fun. You would agree, Zan, right? Completely. Awesome. All right, guys. See you guys next week. Thanks for three, three. I forgot English again, just like Zidane did a couple of minutes ago. Thank you guys for the injured place. Bye-bye.